Thanks for listening to the Lion's Den with Spacknod podcast. We upload every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For more content, follow us on Twitter at LDSpacknod. That's L-D-S-P-A-C-K-N-O-D. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back into the Lion's Den podcast. I'm your host, Christian Thurley. Alongside me are my good friends. Yes, you heard that right. Friends, Henry Lyon, the co-host himself, the Lion King, and the new guy. Our first guest of the Lion's Den podcast, Carlos Vergachi Mitchell. Carlos, welcome to the podcast. Welcome in, yo. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here and to talk about the many topics that you guys have hey well guys today is what is it wednesday november yeah. what is it the sixth already yeah what already it is. into november back at it again um we got a lot to talk about today on the podcast we'll talk nba henry sixers suffered their first loss over the weekend yeah lakers looking good cam newton season ending injury patriots ravens and then talk about the local college football teams. Um, we unfortunately didn't get a podcast out Monday. We had some things going on. Uh, you'll find out more about that. And we're going to have weekend story today, even though it's Wednesday. And we're going to introduce a new segment today called Top 5, which you'll find out what that is. So stay tuned. Stay for the end of the, pod- the podcast. But let's get right into it. Let's start things off, Henry. Your Philadelphia 76ers, they were doing well. Went into Portland on Saturday night and got the win. Or was it Friday night? Friday night got the win. Improved to 4... Oh, Saturday night. Saturday night improved mm-hmm. to 4-0, 5-0. Mm-hmm. Then went down to Phoenix and suffered their first loss at the hands of a surging Phoenix Suns team. A surprising team so far. Devin mm-hmm. Booker dropping 40 points on the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers didn't have Embiid. But we cannot be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Shout out to Hannah Montana for teaching us that. Um, Did you just reference Hannah Montana? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she taught she taught me like nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes, but you do you, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, I ain't gonna front. I'm just gonna be real. <laughs> Carlos, what do you think of the Sixers so far this season? I think the Sixers are a pretty good team. Uh, the duo of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid is very fun to watch. I think their supporting cast this year is pretty solid, too. And I think they should be one of the top two teams in the East, if not the first seed overall. But I have to give more credit to the Phoenix Suns more than anything else. I think they've been a fantastic team uh, throughout the season so far. If you look at how Monty Williams is coaching these guys, his culture is definitely being shown on the court. And him being a product of uh, the Spurs will be a beneficial thing for, for the Suns. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I think Monty Williams has been the difference maker for the Suns. He's went in. He's turned that team into, you know, a respectable organization. They're sitting at 5-2 and right now, tied for second in the Western Conference. And this was a team last year that, you know, they were competing for that number one seed. They weren't that good. They're kind of in that situation that the Minnesota Timberwolves have been for the last handful of years, you know, where they've got this youth, this plethora of talent. And they're just waiting to make that jump to the next level. And Minnesota hasn't made that jump. And it's looking like Monty Williams was kind of that spark to get this Phoenix team 
to jump to that next level. And we saw that against the Sixers. And the Sixers, they're no joke, right? No, they're no joke. And they're 5-1. and one. They look really good. And when they have Embiid, they look like arguably the best team in the NBA. And he's coming back, I believe, tonight when they face the Utah Jazz, the best defensive team in the, in the league right now. Well, we'll see. Because they... Uh, He's going up against Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Who I, did you guys see that story where he said he wants to be more involved in the offense? Um, I forgot who it was from, but he said that he wants to be a focal point of the offense. And everyone had a field day with that on Twitter because <laughs> they were posting video clips of him airballing jump shots, airballing like little hook shots. And it was hilarious. And everyone said that the Utah Jazz would be the downfall of themselves because if they let Rudy Gobert be the center point of the offense... Mm-hmm. Which he shouldn't be. It should be Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah. Mitchell, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, anyone but Rudy Gobert. But I just thought that that was funny that <laughs> he said that he wanted to be the focal point. And Joel Embiid's going to, he's a good defensive center. He'll mm-hmm. show Rudy Gobert why he shouldn't be an offensive threat tonight. True. But it should be a good game. What time do they play? U- Utah. Uh, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay. You gonna watch it, Henry? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely watching it. On League Pass? Yep. Carlos, are you gonna find time to watch it? Or are you just gonna you gonna do other things with your time? Probably gonna do other other things with my time. Probably watch the highlights later on. Probably read a few articles about the game and see what happens. Well, the Sixers are first, tied for first in the East, five and one with the Celtics. <laughs> but first place in the West, another interesting team so far. Not really, maybe not really interesting. The Los Angeles Lakers. Sitting at six and one, coming off of a comeback win last night against the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. LeBron James with his third straight triple doubles this season. Third straight triple double for LeBron. Anthony Davis didn't play well. What do you guys think of the Lakers so far this year? Um, I think the Lakers are fundamentally, if we talk about defense, I think their defense has improved vastly in comparison to last year. It also has to do with the set of guys that they have in the rotation and all the 3 and D players that they have. This is the kind of team that LeBron has been wanting for a while but hasn't had the right pieces, but this year he does. And I feel like defensively, I believe they're top five, I want to say, and they've just been playing lights out for sure. And I think another big boost that's helped them has been the uh, has been Kyle Kuzma. With him coming back off of injury, it's been a mm-hmm. positive thing for the Lakers. And the Lakers have their three stars, quote-unquote. I'm not sure if Kuzma is there yet, but he'll eventually get get there with the support of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, for me, I, mean, I agree with Carlos. I mean, the Lakers' defense improved from last year to this year. They're, uh, this year, they're second-best defensive team in the league right now behind the Utah Jazz. I mean, the biggest – I mean, of course, Kyle Kuzma is, like, the biggest changer. Of course, he's been with the team for, like, three years now. But – with Dwight Howard coming in, he improved a lot, especially like redeeming himself from like a, all the years that he had to dealt with, like going to the to the Lakers, not having a good year that he was supposed to have, going to the Rockets, had like a fluky a fluke career with them, going to the uh, Atlanta Hawks, kind I mean not okay, but going to Charlotte Hornets, it it was gonna be like a redemption year, but did not expect him to be like an all-star then going to the Wizards but he was out for the season due to like the incident and then uh, with the injuries and then going back to the Lakers which I mean having like a 
a breakout year. And also playing with Le- playing with LeBron also changed him, which you got to give a shout out to LeBron, especially training him in the offseason. So. Yeah, the Lakers actually, they had a really big weekend. I don't know how cl- closely you followed their, this last weekend. But Friday night, they went to Dallas and won that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron and Luka both posted triple-doubles. That was a really good game on ESPN. And then Sunday evening, they went to San Antonio, came out of, with a win. And we know the Spurs, they might not have the most talent like they've had in years past, but they're still a well-coached team. They've got DeRozan, they've got Aldridge, they've got Patty Mills, they've got a lot of good Good. players, good veteran players. And then they went to Chicago last night, trailed by... I thought they were going to lose for a second. And they were trailing (laughs) by 20 plus points. I was watching it. They were on NBA TV and, you know, slowly but surely in the second half, they just kept coming back. I think they even had a double digit lead at one point in the game. And that's six straight wins since their opening night loss to the Clippers. And they've looked really good. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I know he's gotten a lot of crap from NBA fans, but he's played well. Like Mm -hmm. you said, Carlos, they've played really good defense. Mm -hmm. And they look like probably the best team right up there with the Clippers and the Sixers and maybe Mm -hmm. even the Celtics is the best teams in the league right now. And LeBron's playing at an all-time level. But I think with this Lakers team, in order for them to keep winning at this level... They're going to need LeBron. They have to rely on, Le- on LeBron. LeBron especially. and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis didn't have a good game last night, and they were still able to beat the Bulls. And I know it's the Bulls. Like They're a young team. They're not very good. They're 2-6 and six so far. But they, they're if the Lakers want to win a championship, which they're fully capable of doing, mm-hmm. they're going to need LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Davis to play their best basketball when it counts, which is going to be in April, May, and Maybe June, June. especially the finals. Yeah, especially facing like the teams like Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, uh, the Clippers, of course, with Paul George coming back, and then Kawhi Leonard, who's also sitting out with the rest, and then uh, the Dallas Mavericks, which who was like the best offensive team right now in the NBA, and with like Luka Doncic and then Kristaps Porzingis, the other players. We saw the like how they played on Friday night, especially Luka Doncic going off against like his role model or his, or his idol LeBron James which was like a good like a good uh, matchup this season so far one thing that I can say about the NBA landscape this year is that it's going to be interesting we have no idea this year which two teams are going to be in the finals mm-hmm. I guess we have an idea of who we want to be in the finals and on paper who we think will be in the finals mm-hmm. through the first six games but honestly, I think it's still up in the air. The season is still too new to, to decide. Obviously, there are teams that are dominating right now, but we, we won't know until, until playoff Last time, time until there's a solid team that we or teams that we think will be in the finals for sure. And that's what's been so exciting this year is just to watch different teams get better. Uh, the, res, the resurgence of the Mavericks has been something fun to watch. The Jazz being a solid team out west has been a good thing. Like we mentioned earlier, the Suns could potentially be a really good, good team. Then we look out east. Uh, surprising, I would say, one team that stands out to me right now with their work ethic and how hard they play every night is Miami. I'm just surprised on how, how well they're playing. <laughs> but what they did to Houston, I think uh, the Rockets should be feeling a little bit embarrassed and they they have no defense. 
Yeah, but they got humbled the other night going to Denver. So, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any more thoughts on the NBA, you guys? All I got to say is anything is possible. I st- my Eastern Conference, I still got nobody's the- perfect. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I got I got the Sixers. I got the Sixers coming coming out of the East, and then the Western Conference. Um, I mean, I still got to well, see later this season. Let's shift gears to yeah. the NFL. One of the biggest headlines coming out of Week Nine. Can you believe it's already past Week Nine in the NFL? <laughs> Over halfway through the season, Cam Newton. What many thought was going to be the future of the Carolina Panthers now placed on season-ending IR. It looks like the Panthers are comfortable moving forward with Kyle Allen as their starting quarterback. What do you guys make of the decision to not bring Cam Newton back and ultimately to settle with their backfield of Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey going forward? I mean... This, I mean, for Cam Newton, I mean, after, like, last season, I knew he was going to be a, a downhill because of the injury that he had uh, last year. And then this season, placed on IR. I feel like his career is, is downhill. Um, for Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey, I will stick to those two so far because for those two, they're doing re- really well together. And, of course, I mean, we saw them against, like, the 49ers. The 49ers are a good team with, like, a good defense. Um, we saw them against the Titans. I mean, the Titans are not good, This not good, but Christian McCaffrey is having a, like, went off on that team. It's also having a breakout year. An MVP candidate and Kyle Allen, who is decent. I mean, he has his on and off games, but uh, this, I mean, they're, I believe they're number two behind the Saints in the, eight, in the NFC South. Who, Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, our division sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, anyway, um, uh, the Car- I mean, the Carolina Panther, Panther, I mean, they still have a, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go far. So the thing, the injury about Cam Newton is pretty interesting because Carolina now has options on what to do. They have three obvious options. They can continue with Cam Newton <laughs> next year and say, you know what, Kyle Allen, you – Played a good season this year, but we want to see how dynamic Cam and Christian McCaffrey can be if they're willing to give him to give Cam that much patience. The other thing they can do, which is strictly business, the next two options are strictly business. They can trade him and see what they can get in in a return for Cam Newton. I think there are teams in the NFL that are worth giving Cam a shot. Chicago Bears, Chicago, yeah, yeah Chicago <laughs> Bears, Chicago Bears. Just about to say that I think Chicago, if Chicago Bears can make a move whether if it's a trade or the next option I would uh, say is if Carolina releases him, I know that they'll get a pretty big return. And I think the NFL has implemented a injury exception <laughs> where the Carolina will get money back. And so, and that's, and that's always a good thing to have more salary, salary space in your team. So that's just the business moves of football, uh, depending on what Carolina does. I don't know, but personally, I think that Cam Cam just needs a, a new scene. A change of location might be a healthy thing for him. And I think Carolina is fine with with what they got right now. I think they can continue to build sustainable success with the team that uh, they've created so far this year. And I think letting go of Cam might not be a bad option for them. I mean, I mean, he's doing YouTube channels right now. So, <laughs> well, look, the Carolina is good. 
Mm-hmm. Their last six games with Cam, they went 0-6. Their six, last six games with Kyle Allen, they're 5-1. and Carolina's not in any trouble right now because I feel like you could realistically plug just about anyone back there at quarterback that can throw the football and be okay because you've got what I think is the MVP of the season, Christian McCaffrey, think, yeah. alongside him. And that offense, that defense and that offense, they're all – loaded with skill position players and talented athletes and whatnot. You know, you've got DJ Moore at wide receiver. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey at running back. They've got Luke Keekley, who's the quarterback of their defense. He's probably top five linebacker in the NFL. You know, they're a really good team, really complete team. And it sucks that they're in the Saints division because they're always going to be the second best team in that division. As long as Drew Brees, Kamara, Thomas... Uh, Demario Davis, Lattimore. As long as all of those guys are there, they're always going to be the second best team in that division. Because while they are a complete team, they're just not as talented as the Saints are. And I think it's I think the Panthers are going to move on from Cam Newton. I think they will let him go mm-hmm. at the end of the season, just because they've won with Kyle Allen and they weren't winning with Cam. So that's just kind of where I see the Panthers going at the end of this season. Well, let's shift from one mobile quarterback to another. Lamar Jackson. Henry, you predicted yeah. it Friday. You had the Baltimore Ravens knocking off the Patriots. I've been selling. I said that this was going to be a real test for Lamar Jackson and the Patriots. Well, the Patriots in general because they haven't faced any good teams in the like in the past weeks. The, well, the lights out Patriots defense gave up 37 points to mm-hmm. Baltimore. And they looked kind of mediocre <laughs> Sunday night against Lamar Jackson in that rushing attack from Baltimore. Mark Ingram had himself a day on the ground. Uh Mark like like we said, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. just picked him apart. Cheat made codes. him look I the Patriots did make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Gave them some good field position. What did you guys make of Baltimore dismantling New England last night? Kind of making that them show- look pedestrian. <laughs> I think it says more about New England than it does for Baltimore. I think that it can show that New England is not the perfect team that everybody was saying that they are. Yeah, their defense had been pretty flawless from the beginning, but I think it just sheds a light on the offense, and they have a lot of work to do with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah, he's a great quarterback, but we know that his time is coming to an end soon. And so now this he's at this point in the middle of his career where we've seen him either go lights out or he kind of just fades away, as he's done in the past. So it just kind of depends on what he does and and how they change after this week. Because I know that they are probably pretty frustrated with how they played against Baltimore. Offense is going to try to regroup. The defense is obviously going to keep on doing what they're doing. Hopefully not do the same thing as they did against Baltimore. But um, hopefully they can change things around. Yeah. Um. I mean, I agree with what you said. I mean, the Patriots, I mean – Tom Brady, he's old, but he, I mean, for me, I still think he still has a lot of take, but he's not going to be as good as he he was in the previous years. But I, I think his time will be done either like next year or two more years. Um, for the for the Ravens, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, that that game proved to him that he's going to, he should be part of the MVP candidate. I mean, he, I mean, he was also, he's breaking records. Also, like, like I said, been 
third quarter, third quarter. I mean, third quarterback to be able to rush so many yards and all behind Terrell Pryor and Michael Vick, and also the third quarterback behind Russell Wilson and Michael Michael Vick, and then has an opportunity to break 1,039 yards rushing yards um, be, uh, since 2006 since Michael Vick, who also broke that record that year. But uh, I have confidence in uh, Lamar Jackson. And I, I believe he'll um, take the Ravens so far in the playoffs. Look, I don't mean to overreact here, but <laughs> the New England Patriots have won six Super Bowls, correct? Yeah. All of them with Tom Brady at quarterback, correct? So what's so their offense hasn't been that great so far. That's not, you know, that's not fudging the truth at all, right? Their offense hasn't been that good. What's to say that they get to January and Tom Brady picks up his phone and is like, hey, Rob Gronkowski. Why don't you come back and play four games with us and win another I Super Bowl? I was thinking Bowl? about, like, they need Gronk back. However, I don't think he should risk it. Or, Well, here's the thing. Gronk could come back, be the savior. They could win another Super Bowl. And it, the Patriots, I think they're fine. Their defense will figure it out. The, I think Belichick is good enough to where he can scheme something to stop their rushing attack if they play it again in the playoffs. The thing I worry about is when Kansas City comes back. When Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is healthy, that team's good. Their defense isn't necessarily the best, but I think they can score on anybody's defense, especially when Mahomes is in there. And now that they've got Tyreek Hill back, that team's going to be really good. good. Right now, they're looking at the Patriots are the one seed, Ravens are the two seed, and the projected wild card round in the AFC would be Texans, Colts in the 3 6, and Chiefs, Bills in the 4 5. So I'd expect the Texans and the Chiefs to win that. Meaning the Chiefs would go to Foxborough in the divisional round. I mean, I'm not saying the Patriots aren't going to win that game. But if there's a team I don't want to play as a Patriot, if I were a Patriots fan, I wouldn't want to play Kansas City. Especially in the divisional round. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But in the NFC, we'll look at that playoff picture as well. Niners one seed right now, only undefeated team left. Saints two seed <clears throat> will be the one seed at the end of the year. Three and three six matchup: Packers Vikings. Four five matchup: Cowboys Seahawks. No team in the NFC playoff picture right now has more than three losses, and it's looking like it's going to be really tough. What do you guys think about the Niners? First of all, undefeated. Still. And who do you guys think should be wor you should look out for, at least in the NFC playoff picture? Packers. Green Bay? Green Bay, yep. What about you? I'll say Green Bay. I think out of the NFC, I think the NFC West, the two teams that are from, from that division will will give challenges to teams like New Orleans. As, <clears throat> as I look at Minnesota, Green Bay, and Dallas, I think Green Bay can present challenges, but they in the playoffs haven't done so so well in the past. But maybe they can change that this year. But when I look at teams like the Niners, the Seahawks, I feel like they could really challenge New Orleans in the playoffs and could potentially make it to the Super Bowl. I think out of those three teams, I would pick 
one of those three to be in the Super Bowl this year. As a Saints fan, the only team, well, I think the only teams that really concern me are the Niners and the Seahawks. The Seahawks have Russell Wilson, who's playing at an unbelievable level, and it's just one of those teams that you don't want to face. But if we get the one seed, which I think we will, I think we'll finish the year, you know, we don't really have any tough games left outside of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. a couple games against Carolina, and then we play San Francisco, but that's, that game's at home. And that could determine who gets the one seed. But as far as the playoff picture goes, I feel comfortable with home field advantage. I think we could beat just about any team that walks through there. And outside of a blatantly missed call last year, we're not going to talk about it. Um, we would have been in the Super Bowl last year. so And we would have been undefeated in the playoffs at home with under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. But <clears throat> we're not going to talk about that. I'm not salty about it. <clears throat> Let's move to college football. To my other team, the Oregon State Beavers, baby. <laughs> four and four, 500, went down to Tucson, put a licking on the the old Wildcats down there. Licky, licky. What do you guys think of the Beavers so far this year? Four and four, year two under Jonathan Smith. They look pretty good, don't they? Better, For yeah. a team that was only projected to win two games. Yep. And I, th- I oh, to be honest, I thought they were going to do terrible, but they proved me wrong, <laughs> especially losing to... Um, Oklahoma State earlier this season. Okay, but Oklahoma State's a, <laughs> they're a decent team. I think with the Beavers, you have to be really happy with what they're doing, whether if you're a fan or not. You have to be excited about their success, and, and hopefully under this coach, Jonathan Smith, that they can continue this new culture that's been brought in. In the past, it's been kind of... It's been kind of depressing for Beavers fans, but this is something to be worth excited. We've got more about. wins this year than the last two years combined. Do you want to talk about depressing, <laughs> <laughs> depressing stats? No, Just but, think about that for a sec. But to see Oregon State playing so well, it's a, it's a good thing, and it's a good thing for the fans. Good things for the. They've won two straight games. When was the last time they won two straight games? They beat Cal. And We're going to make it three. No, we probably won't. We play Washington Friday night. <laughs> but we've got... In Corvallis. We've got Washington, Washington State, ASU, and Oregon to end the year. So we could very well lose all four to end the year. But we could also very easily win one or two. And if we yeah, win bowl two, eligible. bowl eligible. And who would have thought that going into, into this season? I think that would be a success if the Beavers were to make a bowl. I think it's already mm-hmm. a success. If they made a bowl game, that mm-hmm. would be... Over exceeding, exceeding yeah, exactly. Exceeding expectations, yeah. The only thing that you can do now is just keep on rooting for the Beavers and hoping that they can continue to win. And the and as for the future, you want to you would hope that this culture can be changed Change. and the Beavers can become a perennial powerhouse in the Pac-12 and and also in the North. And they can challenge against the Big Brother, the Ducks. <clears throat> Core Vegas, baby. But about the Ducks. <clears throat> Number seven in the college football poll. Went to USC. Henry beat up your Trojans. Bad. Bad. On hey, Friday, dude. you Our picked Jackson the Trojans said, yeah. to win. I took the wow. Ducks. Carlos, I'm sure you probably thought the Ducks would win that too. Because I know you, you're you a homer. You're a big homer <laughs> honk, aren't you? Uh, I saw the Ducks winning, but I thought it was going to be a lot closer than what the game was. I thought it was going to be close, too. <laughs> yeah. And Oregon boat raced them. Like, absolutely they did. demolished them. And In that's the exactly half. what they needed. But, you know, the playoff committee didn't see it how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon's 
their offense was unstoppable. It looks like their defense was starting to get back into form. You know, they forced turnovers, had a pick six against uh, the true freshman quarterback for USC. They look good. I'm not going to play with you. I'm an Oregon State fan, but the Ducks look really good. I think they will be in the playoff at the end of the year. Their defense is good. Their quarterback's good. Their Mm -hmm. running game is solid. Their O-line's good. Do you guys think Oregon has a chance to make it into the Final Four? I I think they do. I think they have a solid shot, depending on what happens next. The games that are upcoming, we got LSU-Alabama this week. And so that's going to give an opportunity for Oregon to move up because one of those teams are going to lose. And next week or the next two weeks, we have Ohio State and Penn State, who are also in the rankings as well. They're pretty up on the top, and one of those teams are going to fall down. So that's going to give another opportunity for Oregon to move up too. I think that if Oregon would have handled their business in the very first week against Auburn, they could very be well as number three, four, or five, or maybe even two or one in the CFP. But hopefully that loss doesn't come back to haunt them later on this year. Nah, I mean, like you said, LSU, Alabama, they're facing each other this week, which will be a lot of potential or a lot of great opportunity for Oregon to move up, especially Penn State facing Minnesota. Penn State could lose to Minnesota, but I don't think Penn State's going to lose. I don't know about Penn that one. I, I, that's why I don't, I don't think know Penn State's – I don't think they're going to lose to or, uh, to Minnesota. However, uh, Penn State is also facing Ohio State later this season, so it could be a, a great a great opportunity or a great chance for Oregon to move up to the top four. And they're also facing well, – hopefully, most likely, they're going to face Utah in the, in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I think Oregon's biggest – if I, if they went out, I've been saying all along. If they went out, they'll get in, because they don't have really any tough teams. But they need Utah to win out as well, and Utah's got an easy schedule as well. So if they get to the Pac-12 title game and Oregon's, you know, fifth or sixth in the country, and Utah's right behind them at six or seven, and Oregon wins that game, that's a really good win to help boost their resume. Because outside of Auburn, they really haven't played anyone tough other than maybe Washington. Maybe USC, Stanford's not the same this year, but Oregon definitely needs Utah to win out, I think. Because if LSU, let's say LSU beats Alabama this year, Mm -hmm. this Saturday, are you telling me that the playoff committee is going to be like, okay, let's take Oregon, who their one loss was to Auburn at the beginning of the year, or are you going to say, okay, let's take Alabama, a team that's proven themselves in the college football playoff, and their one loss is to LSU, who's going to be the number one team in the country if they beat Alabama. So Oregon well, Oregon needs to win out. And they need Utah to win out. And they need other teams to beat other teams convincingly. I think if, say, Alabama beats LSU big, I think mm-hmm. that opens the door wide open for the conversation. Perfect. Say Penn State or Ohio State beat each other big, opens the door again. Clemson loses. That's another spot. Clemson's out. If they lose, they're out. I don't. I don't care who they lose to. If they lose to anybody, they're not going to the playoff. Clemson right now is sitting at number five, but depending on what, what, whether which outcome happens against Alabama and LSU, they're going to slide in. There, it looks like Clemson is potentially going to be a lock for sure if they can win out the rest of the season. Which they should. And people should not be freaking out that they're at number five right now. It's okay. But they're five me- There's 
only five weeks away till college football playoff starts or college football yeah, season. Yeah, there's five weeks right in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five more weeks. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Holy five more crap. Five more weeks and football then, season's flown by. Yeah. So yeah. So the college football playoff rankings. So so Ohio State is number one, LSU number two, Alabama's number three, Penn State's number four. Clemson is number five. Georgia is number six. Georgia, uh, Oregon and Utah are they're next to each other. Seven so, and eight. And yeah. those are the only two Pac-12 teams in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't help Oregon's case for their playoff ranking. Because the, all of their wins so far, none of those teams are in the top 25. And the only team that they've played that was in the top 25 is number 11, Auburn. But well, I'll get into it later for top five. But I'll make a case for why I think Oregon should be ahead of Georgia and sit at six. But with that Pac-12 talk over and done with, we didn't get to podcast on Monday. Henry, as you know, we always have end our Monday podcast with, with the weekend story. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you've got probably the best story, so we'll save yours for last. Yeah, Carlos, do you have a story you want to share, or do you want us to? Do you want me to go ahead and share mine first? Go ahead and share your story first. All right. Well, my weekend story comes out of Anaheim, California, a place that I love very much because of Disneyland. This doesn't have to do with Disneyland. This has to do with the Overwatch World Cup. We talked about it last Wednesday, and you and I made the bold prediction that the number five ranked Overwatch team in the world would win, the United States. And they knocked off South Korea who was the number one team. South Korea hadn't lost a World Cup match in the three years prior. And the U.S. beat them twice over the weekend to secure their first World Cup title. Incredible performance. Sinatra, the Overwatch League MVP, won the World Cup MVP. I thought it should have been Corey from Washington Justice. I know you guys probably aren't big Overwatch League fans or Overwatch World Cup fans, but it was really cool. It was a really exciting weekend. The United States won... They defeated South Korea in the semifinal, China in the final. So it was their first World Cup. Congratulations to the United States. And yeah, I just thought it was really cool. You can go find it on Twitch or somewhere You can if you want to rewatch it. But yeah, it was a really cool uh, weekend. A lot of good Overwatch, a lot of fun, funny moments. So I got a couple of stories coming from mixed martial arts and the boxing world. Uh, this this weekend we had a title for the BMF championship. Uh, what BMF stands for is a bad mother. I'm not gonna say the rest. I think you Freaker. Can, I think you guys can figure the rest. Yep. Out. Um, and presenting the championship belt was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So it was a pretty exciting thing. And, be, and the two fighters were oh. Nick Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. It was a good fight. <laughs> But it was stopped early by a TKO because of Masvidal. He he got Diaz pretty good with a, with a nice punch to the up to right above his left eye, and the cut was was huge, and there was a lot of blood pouring down into the eye, and so the doctors had to stop the fight early. A lot of fans were upset with it, but the good news is that there's potentially going to be a rematch between the two. And there are rumors that the winner of this fight could potentially be fighting against Conor McGregor in a future UFC bout, maybe in a couple of months. But who knows? And then from the boxing world, Canelo Alvarez fought against 
I believe his name is Sergei Kovalev. They fought for the lightweight, light heavyweight championship. And Canelo Alvarez won by knockout in the 11th round. And it was an impressive fight. I know that all of Mexico is pretty proud of him. I know I am proud of him too. And it's uh, doing it's it always, for the culture. Exactly. Yay. It's always fun to watch Canelo win. Him winning in a different weight class, that's pretty impressive. And I can't wait for his next fight. And that's, uh, that's the stories I got for this weekend. Ooh. Speaking of uh, fighting, I don't know if you know this. There's a big fight going on this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. I'll put air quotes around this boxers. KSI and Logan Paul rematch oh, yeah, part right. two oh. is Saturday night. <laughs> Just a heads up. I don't know where it's being streamed or how you're going to be able to watch it. But it's on there. So let's finish up our weekend stories on a Wednesday. Henry. Uh, you want to go with your story? It's been a wild couple wild, days. This will yep. explain why we didn't podcast on Monday. Um, but let's get into it, Henry. You uh, want to go ahead and do tell your story? Yep. So on Friday, um, my car was supposed to be shipped here from Pennsylvania from this company called Starway Logistics. However, I w- they didn't come to- on Friday. I was waiting all day to to have my car here. So I called the company and they said that they didn't have my car and they didn't know where my car was. So I called the transport or probably the brokers or the transport company, the A&M transport who picked up my car from my mom's apartment. They said that they were supposed to have my car, but I told them they didn't. So I called my mom and then my mom called them. Uh, my mom called them to see to know where my car was at. And they said, they told her the same thing they didn't know. And then, um, so my mom said that we're going to deal with this on Monday. So three days later, Monday, two days ago, uh, I called the shipping company and, um, this lady who picked up the phone told, uh, I told her the situation, the story said that the car was supposed to be here on Friday. And she agreed to me, agreed with me, said the car was supposed to be shipped in front of the house in Tualatin on fr- on friday on november 1st so she told me like just hang on one second i'm gonna call them so she uh later on she told me that the car was in the storage and i was like in the storage but it was wasn't supposed to be in the storage it was supposed to be shipped here on friday in front of my house so um she transferred me to another to another um to another line to a guy who has my car who i thought had my has my car had my car uh, he told me that the car is in the storage and he wanted my debit card information. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't know if I should do this because if I give you guys my debit card information and if I get screwed over, it'll be a fraud and I'll sue you guys. And he was like, listen, 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 I've been working for this company for 12 years and so, and so, and so, and I was like, listen, I mean, I'm going to go to the bank of America and I'm going to like, um, send this money to you guys. And then I was about to go downstairs and I told my boy Christian that we had to go to the Bank of America and he the, about the situation. He told me, like, shouldn't they just have, like, the the car shipped here so you can pay them the cash? And I was like, I know that. According to the, like, to, to the reveal on my email, it says that I'm supposed to be uh, pay them cash. It was a cash delivery. So um, I called them. I called, Actually, I called my mom, but my mom didn't pick up. So my mom called me. And I answered the call and I told her the situation. And she told me, uh, told me like, don't, don't give them like your debit card information or nothing. You should have your car locked. I've, and I told her that I should have my car locked. I have my car locked at like at all times. I usually use my car to like anything that I need or anything that I should spend on, like pay for rent, bills, 
all all those important things that are really important for me. So I uh, I ended the call with my mom and I called uh, the shipping company, the same guy who uh, who was a Russian, and also the the shipping company they got a bad reviews, one point eight stars, which is really crazy. Which I should have like done research before um, before having them having my car because I was really concerned. So I had a conversation with the guy and I had an argument. I was like, listen, I believe this is a scam. And then the Russian guy said that, oh, it's a scam. This is a scam. Have fun looking for your car. So he hung up on me. And then I called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, mom, mom. I mean, we, um, it's a scam. And she was like, I told you, I told you. And then we were start like, we, my mom and I were like, we were mad. We were mad about the situation. And then she told me that she was going to go to the police, police station tomorrow. And she went to the police station yesterday, and then, however, the police station were closed due to the holiday election day. Um, then today, she went to the police station. We were she she was going to the police station. However, she called the shipping company, and then the the lady, the same lady from Monday, picked up the phone and told her told her that don't go to the police station. Um, she's gonna like the she's gonna solve the problem. So um, right now, I'm just gonna. Um, wait for this situation. My mom told me, told me, told me that don't do anything. I should wait for her to call me and tell her the solution. So after the solution, I'm going to figure out what I should do. And then, um, Christian dad also said that I should like go to my bank. If I have a credit card, but I have a debit card, um, shame on me. I don't have a credit card yet. Um, I should go to the um, bank of America. I have bank of America and I should like tell them the situation feel like the money that I'm going to send to this company, I feel like they're they're going to scam me. It's going to be a fraud. So if I send them the money and I don't get um, I don't, if I don't get my car back, I should have my money back or or and I should sue them. But so yeah, so that should be my plan. Go to the Bank of America and just like send the money to them if if um, my mom tells me to. But I feel I should. So I should like. Um, test it out. Well, hopefully that car situation gets resolved. We had a mm-hmm. kind of a long weekend trying yeah. to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated probably next Monday for story time. I'm sure Henry will have more stories about it. <clears throat> but hopefully we get his car soon. Um, I guess the moral of the story is don't trust Starway Logistics. <laughs> right, Henry? <laughs> um. But we're going to do a new segment today, and originally today's end of podcast segment is Player A, Player B. We're not doing that today. We're doing a new one called Top 5, although today it's more of a Top 6. And we're going to be giving you our Top 4 college football playoff teams and then the two teams on the bubble. So I'll go ahead and get started. My Top 4 teams, I think... The college football playoff committee nailed it on the head. I think it's Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Penn State. And then my two teams on the bubble are Clemson at five and Oregon at six. Mm. And the reason I have Oregon ahead of Georgia, and I get the argument for Georgia about how they have better wins than Oregon, but when you look at the two teams, you look at that one loss, right? Oregon's one loss was to Auburn at the beginning of the year on a neutral site down south, closer to Auburn, against an Auburn team that, you know, they're a good team. They're ranked 11th in the country. Georgia's loss was at home to a 4-5 and five South Carolina team. 
Oh, my mom's calling me. So, all right, you can take your call. Um, that's kind of where I'm Hello. sitting with this whole situation with the playoff committee, and that's kind of why I don't agree with right. having Georgia as the number six team over Oregon. Carlos, what about you? What what is your top four and who are your two teams on the bubble? I would I would have to agree. I would say the same thing, you know, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and then Penn State. And then I would say you're looking outside you have to you have to agree with I would have to agree with Clemson and Oregon being out there too. I think that those six teams have been the best teams in my opinion. I think you had it you were absolutely right about Georgia. I think that that uh, loss to South Carolina will um, have major implications um, of them making the playoff, so the college football playoff, unless these other teams lose a game, which is highly unlikely. And I think potentially yeah. when we look at the CFB, we will have at least one or two teams, maybe okay. three, with one loss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that would and that would be surprising, because I don't think we've had that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the best case for Oregon to get in, because we need a Pac-12 team in, because we haven't had one in, in what, two, is it two years? When was Washington in? Washington was in about, like, two years ago. Okay, yeah, so the best case for Oregon would be for Ohio State or or Penn State to lose, which they will, LSU or Alabama to lose, and then for one of those teams to get to the championship game and lose, so that... There are multiple teams with losses, and if somehow Clemson lost, that would also be good. But I really Oregon needs to win out. Like I said earlier, Oregon needs to win out. Utah needs to win out. And I think if Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship, they're in. Henry's back. Back at it again. What is your top four and your two teams on the bubble? Carlos and I had the same mm-hmm. for the top four and the two teams on the bubble. What are you going with? All right, so number one, I got Ohio State. They're on fire this year. Number two, LSU. Um, number three, Alabama. Number four, Penn State. Those are my top four teams. Okay, that's the same as yep, us. Yep, and then um, my next two would be Georgia and Clemson. Georgia at, at five? Five, yeah. <laughs> All right, time to y'all. end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, Jay, they beat Florida. Everyone's counting on Georgia, but I feel like Georgia is going to like to win the next, like the next couple of games, and then go to the SEC championship, and hopefully, they lost to South Carolina at home. Okay, South Carolina's four and five. Okay, that's worse than Oregon State. Okay, so if Oregon went out and lost to Oregon State, if that was their only loss, what would your reaction be? Oregon would probably be outside of the top ten right now. I mean, they'll be at least ten. But okay, I, I still. So why is Georgia five? Hmm? Why is Georgia five? I believe I believe in them. I believe that Georgia is number like number five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Henry. That's, okay, Henry. Ahead yeah. of undefeated Clemson too. Hmm? Yeah. That's... <laughs> All right, Henry. All right, Henry. All right, Henry. Well, that's been a Wednesday edition <laughs> of the Lions Den. <laughs> Happy Hump Day, everybody. Happy Hump Day. We hope you guys had a good podcast. Enjoyed the podcast. Do you guys have any closing remarks? Um. Well, I just got a call from my mom saying that uh, she's going to give me the information from the shipping company and that I should sell, uh, send the money to them so they can get my car back tomorrow. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Good news. Carlos, do you have any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? Well, I'm excited for this weekend for college football. I'm excited for the NFL as well, the NBA. Sports are in full swing and holidays are right around the corner. That's always exciting. That's right, baby. Christmas season's upon us. Although it's been Christmas season in this house since September, so. (laughs) Um, We want to thank you guys again for listening to another edition of the Lion's Den podcast. Big thanks to Carlos for coming on and talking with us for almost an hour. Thank you. Um, We'll see you guys on Friday. We hope you guys have a good Wednesday and enjoy your sports day today. And we'll see you guys on Friday with our picks and much more. Deuces.